Welcome to Don't Call Me Boomer. I'm your host, Sandra Bialystok. On today's episode, we're going to talk about transitioning. Welcome to Don't Call Me Boomer, the podcast where I interview my kids and now some of their friends about the things in their lives that I don't understand as a means of bridging the generational gap and learning more about the world around them. On today's episode, we have a new guest, uh, our friend, Keo. Hi, Keo. Hi. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. So, Keo, I've known you since we were talking about it earlier, since you were like four years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you're 15 yep. and a half. True, true. Already so old. <laughs> <laughs> you're already so old. Um, and you're, you know, it's been amazing to watch you grow up and... Um, you used to be the same size as Raphael and now Raphael <laughs> has shot up <laughs> oh my God. and it's not the same. It's not the same dynamic anymore. It's not, oh my God. I was shocked. Honestly. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. He, for all of our listeners out there, Raphael is, uh, he's tall. <laughs> he's very tall. <laughs> Keo is like regular size. <laughs> is tall. So it's great to have you here. And, um, Kia, when I reached out um, to you to see if you'd want to be on my podcast, I really had no idea what we might talk about, but I just find you to be such a smart and um, engaging person that I knew we would find something great to talk about. And it turns out that there's been a change in your life that's um, happened rather recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, today we're going to talk about that change because I think that there's a lot for our listeners to to understand and um, for us to explore together. So let's get into it. Um, So listeners, until recently, I knew Kyo as in her former name as Kiyomi, and she's recently changed her name to Kyo. Let's maybe talk talk a little bit about... um, that. And also, um, and in addition to changing your name, you've also changed your pronouns. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So let's, um, let's talk about it. It's very complicated actually to explain, I think for someone who doesn't live like the same thing as, um, I do and other people transitioning do, but I think for, Actually, I've seen most people have the same thing that like went for, through the same thing as I did is we have sexual uh, orientation identity crisis and then right afterwards, uh, gender identity crisis. Most of the time, uh, f- of course, it changes depending on the person, but that's what happened with me. So um, I've questioned my sexual orientation in uh, summer 2020. So yeah, last year. Uh, big changes, really crazy for me. But yeah, I've always like seen representation mostly on the internet because it's really like in real life you don't see that much representation. Uh, like you don't see anything about that in school, even though it is pretty important. But, uh, so I saw that and then I discovered myself a bit and I was discovering new labels and, uh, people who felt differently. And then I saw people who didn't feel, um, comfortable with their gender assigned at birth. 
it was very interesting. I was very interested in that, and I tried to understand as as much as I could, so I could like, uh, when I meet people like that, I could like understand and uh, respect them, and yeah, all of that. And then I started questioning myself. I went through a lot. Uh, of course, it changes depending on the person, but for me, it was I. Uh, started questioning myself. I was like, do I really feel entirely like a woman or not? And then I, it was actually pretty gradual. So uh, first uh, I thought I was like, just partially woman. I was just like, mm, kind of half-half. That's uh, went through that label called demigirl, which is uh, only feeling partially woman. Um, and then I, I was feeling comfortable with that for a while. And then I was like, hmm, maybe that doesn't, it isn't really me. And I started like trying out new things, uh, pronouns and stuff like that. Of course, it was my name. I felt less and less comfortable with it. It was, it's kind of weird like to uh, live that because you're like, wait, I don't feel comfortable with it anymore, but I've lived with it my whole life. Why is it different now? And I think it's just because I've learned about it and I was like, wow, that it's actually me. And so I went through that whole phase of like, who am I? What, what is happening in my life right now? So first for my name, I really wanted to uh, find something close to my, 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 what the name you were given at birth. Exactly. Yeah. So what I call my dead name now. So what nobody should call me anymore. So I really want something close to it because I felt more comfortable with something, uh, that kind of resembled it. So uh, I searched mostly on um, baby name sites because that was the uh, easiest way to find names. Uh, and I found Kyo and I was like, wait, that's that's a cool name. I feel comfortable with it. I asked some of my friends to call me like that. And I was like, hey, it, it feels nice. So I was like, yeah, why 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 not? <laughs> and then afterwards for genders, it was... So I'm non-binary, which is I'm neither a boy or a girl. I don't fit in those uh, categories. categories. Exactly. So... It's it's hard to explain because everybody lives it uh, differently and everybody expresses it differently. So like I'm still very feminine looking. Some people just are going to go totally masculine or androgynous or whatever. It's really different from how people want to express it, of course. And for like the pronouns also, it's very, very different. And it was like a hard thing also to explain to like, of course, parents and family. And so I didn't do my family yet. <laughs> right. Your extended family is... Do- doesn't know yet yep because like so i've recently come out like at the beginning of the year so like one month ago not even yeah <laughs> was something wow a month ago i i mean yeah i i guess i knew that but i didn't really think about it in terms of how recently yeah. it is so that's that is that's it's very new um and you've started a new school too mm-hmm. so yeah. i guess that must help in, it, in coming it really out does. it really does so like because nobody knows you there anyways so you can I, like i could present myself with my uh new name and not my dead name anymore i was like wait it's so cool it's like yeah everybody knows me like that now they don't know my dead name so they don't like won't get mistaken or not that often and it's it's really cool and the teachers i'm really lucky because the my school is really open-minded and the teachers were really really nice about it i sent them an email at the beginning of the year super super nice about it and then i uh one of my friends uh helped me change my name on the like website the actual like school uh, papers and like the all of that so yeah it's way easier to like when you're in a new school so when you started, it, starting a new school was a great time to mm-hmm. come out and to be in this period of, to transition. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. uh, the right verb? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, so you were saying, and your friend helped you change your name on the website. And mm-hmm. so your identity is now fully Kyo. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I still have my dead name because it's still my uh, legal name. So it, obviously I have to have it there because sadly it, it's my legal name. So For now. But yeah, but I'm hoping to change it maybe soon. So my Kyo is my legal name and yeah. Right. And so like we said, you were, you're 15, almost 16. Mm-hmm. To change the legality of changing your name, can you do that before you're uh, like a majority age? So I've done some research actually not long ago. Um, uh, so when you're a minor, you have to have your parents' uh, approval to change your name legally. So I think there's like tons of paper to sign anyway. So you need to have your parents there with you. But when you're uh, past 18, you can do it by yourself. Okay. Can we talk a bit about the reception of the people, the people who know about this change, um, how they've reacted to that is that is that okay sure (laughs) okay so So can you explain how you came out okay so my i i was kind of a coward actually (laughs) so because okay just for the record (laughs) nothing you're doing is cowardly this is insanely brave so no (laughs) so um the way I came out, I was really, really scared because I know my parents are like really uh, open-minded as well, really accepting and stuff. But I was still very scared that they would like freak out and like still not accept me in some way or other things like that. So I decided uh, I'm going to uh, write a letter to my mother and just run away to school. <laughs> I so I wrote the letter uh, during the weekends, and then I was like, I'm at the boarding school anyways, I won't have to deal with my parents the whole week, so if it goes badly, it's okay, I have a full week at the boarding school. So I just like left the note, the letter on my mother's desk on Monday morning before leaving, then I ran to the train station, and then she texted me uh, in the afternoon, I think, uh, she was really, really nice about it, so... Really, really sweet. She's really, really accepting. I was really happy about that. Almost cried, honestly. Uh, yeah, I'm almost <laughs> crying. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was honestly a great, like, it was very validating for me when, like, having my own mother, like, saying, hey, you're valid. It's cool. I totally respect you. And then I had to come out, obviously, to my father. And I did that by text. Do not do that. Very bad idea, honestly, I think. It's there to do it in front of them. But, yeah, I was kind of scared, so... I did that like by text and he was really nice about it as well, really supportive. It's still hard, still got lots of mistakes and a way to go, but it, it's the beginning. So yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard. Like even when I'm talking not to you, but when I talk about you, it's hard for me to Mm-mm. think about the pronoun. Just Mm-mm. like, just linguistically, I think... I, I mean, I just, I'm not used to using a they and them. And so yeah. it's, uh, it's a bit of a, of a brain hurdle. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not at all an accept, like it's, it's, I mean, I, again, like I'm so in awe of your courage and, um, ability to, to be in touch with who you are at the age that you are and to, and to then take action to make your life and your your place in the world known to 
everybody around you. That's just. I think it's really important because like people don't really know about it, and I think it's really important to talk about it. And I think they should have something about that in school. But yeah, we'll we'll wait for that. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> we still have a long way to go. But yeah, I think it's so important to talk about it on like social media and stuff. People usually say yeah, social media, you know, sometimes not really reliable. But for this kind of these kind of things, it. Most of the time it is, and it's really helpful. You like find other people who feel the same, so you feel like, oh wait, I'm not alone. There are other actually other people feeling like me, and it's really validating and comforting. And I actually found another person who is non-binary by luck in my class, uh, who is actually my friend, and it's it was totally crazy. Like, and you're like, wait, you're not? I'm me too. We're I'm, we're like the same kind of. That's fantastic. It was really really cool. How amazing that you have a community. I mean, you have your virtual community that I, I guess you belong, like groups or social media mm-hmm. groups or, or, um, but that there's, but other like living, breathing people who you can touch yeah. and ex- exchange. So when you started to look, let's, let's stay with the social media and kind of uh, mm-hmm. virtual community side. What social are you on and how do you, how, how are you part of the community? Like, what are you doing virtually to be part of the community? So I'm on Instagram mostly. Um, that's where, like, I think mostly I found out about everything that is gender, sexuality, and all of that stuff. Like, there's lots of, like, accounts, LGBT-friendly accounts that teach you labels and stuff like that, which is really interesting. And most of them are, like, uh, what we call safe spaces. So, like, places we know are we're safe to be who we are. And... Yeah, it's mostly that. Like, people post stuff like that and are like, oh, look, that's that kind of represents me. Or like, oh, wow, I want to learn more about that subject and stuff like that. And uh, some people even create uh, group chats with, like, other... For my for uh, example, I am in a group chat of uh, tons of non-binary people, which is crazy. I never thought there would be so much, so many of them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's mostly that. And then trying to, like, teach other people as well, like, who don't understand, trying to tell, oh, you don't know that, well, I'm trying to explain it to you, so maybe they'll accept people who feel that way better. What about your friends, your old friends from your old school? Do they know? Uh (laughs) No, they don't know. I think I would be capable of telling them because I'm telling myself, I probably won't see them that often, even if some of them are in my town. It doesn't really matter anymore. I mean, I'm far away now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't tell them yet because I don't I don't really know why, actually. Just don't feel like it for now. But mm. if, if I happen to be too comfortable because they call me by my dead name or uh, other pronouns or stuff like that, I will tell them. Right, right. So it's just, it's not something, you don't feel a need to come out to your old mm-hmm. friends. It's yeah. just an organic thing. If it, if you happen yeah. to be with them, then exactly. you'll correct them about your new name and, and, the, and your pronouns. Mm. The most important thing is like to come out to people who I know I'm going to spend lots of time with or, and I'm going to see more often, like family, of course, uh, close friends I have from uh, high school now. Uh, and stuff like that. I think that's the most important for me for now. And then maybe afterwards, if I feel like too uncomfortable, stuff like that, as I said, that. Yeah. Take it as it comes and then Mm -hmm. see how, and see how it goes. Exactly. Can we go back a little bit? So you're 15. So about, so a year ago, summer, a year ago, you had your first kind of existential crisis. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Can you talk me through that? A little bit what that was like or how that felt for you if you sure. feel comfortable mm-hmm. with that yeah of course so uh, uh as for gender is a totally different experience depending on the person of course for me it was just 
uh, I fell in love with a girl, so I was like, I can't hide it from me anymore. It's obviously, I'm not straight. And then, uh, yeah, it was just like, so what am I? What, what is happening? It was like really weird because I was trying to deny it. It's so hard. I think I had really like internalized homophobia. So like I was okay with other people being gay. And I was like, I, I cannot. For me, it's impossible. I could never. I am, but <laughs> yeah, I would not accept it. So it was really hard. And then I tried to find like a label uh, that fits, that is that feels comfortable to me. So that again is really complicated because like you have to test things out, see. So is that valid? Is that not? Like some people are so like, plus the homophobic people and the very close-minded city I lived in. It was really complicated. But um, yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. Just like I fell in love with a girl. I was like, gosh, no, that's... That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Did you have feelings that you were gay before that and you were sort of not admitting it to yourself? Like, because you're 14 and everything changes when yeah. you're 14 and sort of the hormones come out and then you're mm -hmm. like, oh, Okay, well then. Uh, I think I think I probably already a little bit knew it uh, because I was just like, "Wow, boys are so annoying. I hate them so much." <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, most people, some people think like that just because, but right, I right. think it's just I did find them that attractive. Like, I still yeah. am attracted to men, uh, but not as much as like women and non-binary people. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I that's how I convinced my mother actually about that. I was like, just mom. Boys are not it. <laughs> not that interesting. You know, women are pretty and cool. Men, not so much. <laughs> and just like, yeah, started kind of like losing interest in men, kind of. Just like not feeling that um, attraction that much to them anymore. Uh, and it just finished off when I fell, fell in love with the girl. <laughs> yep, that would do it. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, so you so you fall in love um, for the first time, and you fall in love with a girl, and so you're coming around to your sexual identity um, mm -hmm. or sexual orientation, but you still haven't found the label or the your place in this whole spectrum of LGBTQ. LGBT. LGBT. Yeah, sorry, I really <laughs> do know the acronym. I just it's fine. It's fine. LGBTQ. LGDP. LGBT. LGBT. <laughs> I seriously have used it in Okay. So you're but you're still finding your place in that larger community. Right? Uh I actually have found a label that suits me, which is a label queer, which okay. can be like, you know, the the generic term just oh I'm queer, that's it. Right. For me it's like just the label I use, just right. like I love who I love and that's it. And that's it. I have preferences, but yeah, whoever I fall in love with, I will fall in love with. It was complicated in the beginning because, like, I was uh, still kind of new to the community and I didn't know all of the labels and I was, like, finding new labels uh, every day and I was like, wait, that, that kind of feels like what I feel like and the other day I found something else. I was like, wait, that's kind of actually me and it was re really, really complicated but I've come to terms with uh, my sexual orientation now, so... Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Do you find that it's necessary to use a label i'm just wondering sort of more in general like that there's this increasingly uh tendency to label right you know i yeah. identify as this and mm -hmm. i don't identify as that etc mm -hmm. etc et yeah but from what i'm hearing from you or what i'm understanding is you actually transcend labels in in a way as non-binary i mean for me labeling is Sure. I mean, there are binary labels, women, men, mm -hmm. um, gay, straight. I yeah. mean, okay. But this is beginning a little more philosophical. But 
the fact of adding label to label to label that like uh, the, just the fact that I can't say all of the consonants to L G B T um, because I forget them because and then I know that there are more consonants mm-hmm. that come because then it's Q and mm-hmm. then you were telling me earlier that there's I and A mm-hmm. it's a lot yeah <laughs> um, as a result it makes a very big general community mm-hmm. probably of people who are very different like but it's this community where everybody has chosen a specific label for themselves at a certain point does it become like self-defeating like would an utopian society be where you know i'm not hetero you're yeah. not q yeah. um whatever whatever or is it important to you here's my question i'm getting to my question <laughs> or is it important to you to be able to look at all of the options in front of you and say, this is the one that I identify with most, and therefore those are my people, and I know where I feel safe. Well, that's a question actually everybody asks, but... Um... <laughs> I hope they ask it better than I do. <laughs> but, uh, so, first, it depends actually. Because for some people, it will be important to label themselves because it helps, uh, for me it was important because it helped me find like other people who felt the same way and to be like wait i'm not alone in that i like other people feel the same way but for some people they just like oh i don't care you could call me whatever it's like i don't use any labels i'm just i love who i love or i am like who i am and that's it so it i think it depends on the person uh you don't have to choose a label if you don't want to but i think it's still important to have them to like access because it helps us find like other people like as i said other people feel like us and be like oh that exists that means i'm not weird that means i'm not not an alien or anything and it's true that there are a lot a lot a lot of labels that and I learn new ones every day. I just learned a new one today. I totally didn't know. What was uh, it? Ap- apotisexual. <laughs> okay. What is <laughs> to, that mean? So that's the uh, asexual people who are sex repulsed. So who oh. absolutely would okay. not have sex. I, I totally learned that today. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. And there are like many, many labels. And it's true. Some people do uh, say, oh, it's, it's annoying. There are new labels every day. There are so many. Why? But... I think it's also a good thing for people who are like young uh, LGBT people to like find other people who are like them. Mm-hmm. It's important. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. When you were working all of this out yourself over the course of last year and thinking through who you were, who which group you belong to, where did you go for information? Internet. <laughs> My <laughs> <Yeah>. best friend. <laughs> I got that, uh, but, but where? <laughs> um, so... I first went to Instagram, of course, because it was where there was, I saw the most representation at first, where I found the most different like labels and stuff like that. And then there's this website called LGBTQ Wiki, I think, or something like that. So it's like Wikipedia, but for the gays, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where there are like tons of labels and stuff like that explained uh, really nicely, actually, most of the time. These are the two websites I uh, usually like went to. Because, like, yeah, there was actually no, like, real person, if I can say it like that, around me who, who felt like that. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to do it by my own, on my yeah, own. Yeah. And, oh, another platform I went to actually was YouTube, actually. Trans uh, YouTubers, uh, gay YouTubers and stuff like that, who explained things really, really uh, clearly. And it was that that helped me also a lot. I find that just amazing. And as a kid growing up in a small village with no one around you that you know as a model 
it really shows the positive power that internet can have mm-hmm. and that social can have also. I mean, it's nice to hear positive stories. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think, yeah, people always see internet as a bad thing. They're like, no, no, don't, don't go do your research there because they're bad people and stuff like that. But you can also find like a really cool community and people mm-hmm. who accept you for who you are and like people to look up to if you don't have like people around you, real people around you who, uh, to look up to sure so it's a really good alternative like yeah and even as your parents who are usually a resource for information you know if you're having you know problems in school or you have social problems or you know things like that usually parents are the are the Mm go-to resource but in this case they wouldn't be able to give you answers Mm -hmm. that you were looking for at the time Mm -hmm. but it sounds like you went through your research in a very responsible way as well Mm. Yeah, I was really careful, like, to, like, I want to go to, like, websites and, like, people I could, like, trust, kind of. To me, I I would also, like, look at different sites and stuff like that to compare because sometimes, you know, it's kind of mixed up. (laughs) You still have to be careful on the internet, of course, but you can have some really reliable resources and people who they're there to explain to you. Yeah, doing research responsibly on the web is mm-hmm. an important skill yes. <laughs> for all everyone to have, but specifically Gen Z. This has been your world since the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have another question, which is, um, as a bilingual French-English person, I mm-hmm. understand the pronouns in English. Mm-hmm. What do you do in French? What What are the pronouns in French? <laughs> so the pronouns in French... Uh, so we have actually a gender-neutral pronoun that is not very used. And like most people don't know it. It's IEL. So I-E-L. Which is kind of the equivalent of they, them. But it's way... Uh, most people don't know it. Except mm. for mostly LGBT people. Right. I'm hoping for it to become more popular. But I also use il, which is like just the masculine pronoun. Uh, because it kind of detaches me from my assigned gender at birth. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. <laughs> right. It's interesting because when, you know, when you're learning French, um, you learn that it's when it's a group of girls, it's always elle. When it's a group of boys, it's always il. When there's a group of girls and there's one boy, it automatically reverts to il, which was always, I mean, it's crazy sexist. Yes. (laughs) But in this case, kind of useful because it could actually also show uh, this complexity but i think it would be still better if a proper pronoun was used (laughs) it would yes last question so it's been a month Mm -hmm. right um Mm -hmm. since you came out to your family Mm -hmm. um it's the beginning of this process of coming out as as you meet people and you go forward into the world Mm -hmm. on one hand how do you feel at this stage like what are your feelings a month out from coming out and are there things that you're scared of? Are there things that you're hopeful for as you introduce this new identity into the sort of the greater world? It's it's really new to me because as I've said, it's like one month since I've been out to people, like probably like maybe like just two or three months since I've been out to myself. It's been a whole journey, even uh, for like just a few months. It's been a whole new adventure for me. It's really... Um, yeah, weird. <laughs> the, yeah, weird feelings, actually. But uh, it's nice to finally be able to be who I really am inside and to express it to, like, my family, my close family for now and friends. 
it's it's still difficult because I do have a very feminine appear appearance, so automatically people go, oh, miss, oh, her, this girl. I know that, like, my friends are here for me and they understand me and I know there are other people who understand me out there and there are people who are there to support the community and uh, support, like, every gender identity and sexual orientation there is. And I hope uh, someday I will be perceived as a boy. Maybe when I'll cut my hair short. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, I hope I can also like maybe later on in the very far future, I think it'll happen maybe, but to break like, how can I explain this? Like people who look feminine will not be perceived as girl immediately and people who are masculine looking will not be perceived as boy immediately. Maybe normalize the fact to ask pronouns, to ask gender, to ask, All of those like questions that should be normal by now, but it's complicated. We'll get there maybe one day. I hope we'll get there one day, but yeah. Well, Kyo, I think that with such articulate and thoughtful people like yourself who are representing the community in such a clear-headed and just very understandable and accessible way, I think it's possible. Thanks. I hope so. Cross my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with me. It's been really fantastic. I've learned so much. Thank you for letting me talk about it. It's really cool to be able to finally speak up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode of Don't Call Me Boomer. It's been wonderful to talk with Kyo. And if you like the episode, feel free to share it with your friends. Follow us on social. We have an Instagram account. Write to us at boomer at don'tcallmeboomer.com if you have any questions or comments about this episode or ideas for future episodes. We are here and we're listening. See you next time. Bye.